Hey, chiropractors and marketers. We are ready for another modern chiropractic marketing show with Dr. Kevin Christie, where we discuss the latest in marketing strategies, content marketing, direct response marketing, and business development with some of the leading experts in the industry. Welcome to another episode of the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show. This is your host, Dr. Kevin Christie, and today we'll be doing a solo round. Got a lot of exciting stuff going on. I have a couple really good interviews coming up as episodes that I'm excited for, frankly, myself to interview them and to get it out to you folks. Uh, one will be with um, about email marketing uh, with the marketing director of Aweber, which that'll be, I'm excited to record that. I haven't recorded it yet, so I don't know how it's going to go. I don't know the details of it yet, but we're going to dive into email marketing, which will be great. Got another podcast interview lined up where we're going to dive into valuating and selling, buying a practice. This is a marketing and business podcast. So we'll dive into some of those topics as well. So that'll be a good one. Uh, and I'm kind of knee deep into interviews for the virtual summit. So right now I'm, I'm organizing the summit. I'm really excited for the prospects of the information coming out for that. I think you're going to really like it so far. I've done a couple interviews. It's going to be a mix of me interviewing some people like we did the last time, and then some will be just uh, tutorials provided by the expert. And I've got a chance to watch a couple of those, and they've been really useful as well. So got a lot of interviewing going on and a lot of podcasting, but all good things. Uh, One thing I wanted to ask you uh, a favor of, I haven't done this often at all, But uh, if you could give us a rating and review for this podcast, if it's something that you're listening to regularly and you're getting some benefits out of it, I would appreciate a review. It does help us and it goes a long way of getting some feedback to see how we can improve and just to get some um, idea of, of, of what you're enjoying from the podcast. So just leave us a little review of what you're getting out of it and I really would appreciate that. As far as for today's episode, it's just this is going to be a new type of episode. We're going to start rolling out a few different types of episodes, and this is one of them. And occasionally, I will gather five of the Facebook posts from the group that I feel like uh, were very good questions or posts, and just to give my two cents of it and give you some understanding of what I feel about it. Because I I think uh, sometimes they get lost in the shuffle in the Facebook group and I wanted to be able to speak uh, to some of those. And again, this is my opinion on it. Uh, Some of it uh, educated, some of it through experience, some of it just I'm in a fortunate situation where I get to interview and talk to a lot of people in the profession. So it gets some pretty good insights from those folks as well. And so we'll, uh, I'll list the first one here, which was a question or, or kind of more of a, a statement of, you know, what are your top three new patient marketing strategies or uh, sources of, of new patients? And a lot of good answers on that post. Uh, for me, I've thought about this a lot in the past. We do track it. Uh, number one is kind of by far and away uh, referrals. And I think that's a common thing for a lot of people. That's really the driver of our practice, but I wanted to speak on it a little bit more. I feel like for me, it's been building an authority in the community on a specific niche within sports injuries, and then even some sub-niches like running and triathlons, golf, football, 
those really being very specific niches within sports injuries. I've done a, I've done a fairly good job over the 13 years uh, in my community of building that reputation. So I do get a lot of referrals from that, which is helpful. Number two is definitely pretty clear cut for us, and that is Google. And it's kind of a combination of organic search, SEO, and also the reviews. I think it's tying in very well and been very helpful. And then for me, the third, I'm just going to say Facebook in general. I'm not going to say Facebook ads. I'm not going to say Facebook Live. We do a comprehensive approach of being interactive in certain groups within my community, a lot of the triathlon groups, posting personally, posting Facebook ads and boosts, doing certain campaigns where we did a virtual summit over the summer around injury prevention, but we used Facebook a lot to get people to that. Uh, we use Facebook campaigns for our sports recovery center, which then become these people become regular new patients. And so generally speaking, Facebook's been very, very good to us. And so that would be uh, our top three new patient marketing sources. And there's a bunch other that we get here and there. So that's our top three. It's always good to know that. It's always good to fine tune it and make sure that they are continuing to be your top three. The next question was discussing fees over the phone. Someone asked about that. And if you do that, there's a lot of different answers to this. Obviously, if you're an in-network clinic where you're in network with all of the insurances, you're not going to have this conversation a lot. You're going to be more about verifying the insurance and seeing what the cost is based on the insurance, the copay, coinsurance, deductible, things like that. I would say the majority of us chiropractors nowadays are kind of a hybrid where we're on some plans, but we're off on others. And then there's a lot out there that are out of network. I tend to be more out of network and I'm on uh, two plans. So we get this question a lot. I was in a practice previously in a partnership that I didn't like how it was done, where it was not discussed. And it was basically, we try to set up a free consultation if they were hesitant. And then when we're in there, we'd really try to close them or sell them on it. And I didn't necessarily like that a lot because it, it it's usually a pretty straightforward question. Now, there could be a variance of the fees for sure, depending on what's given, but you can give a range. And so when I opened my practice in 2010, I wanted to be transparent. You know, we, we don't make that the topic when they call, you know, like we answer, we, we go through the basic stuff first. If they ask, great, we discuss it with them. If they don't, we don't, you know, really discuss it other than, you know, we see if they have insurance and, and things of that nature, but we try to be very transparent, build that trust with them. Frankly, in my practice, if someone's not going to come in because of the cost, I want to know that beforehand. I don't want them scheduling and then not showing up, scheduling, coming in for one, not being happy and not coming back. Like I just don't have that type of practice where I care more about funneling as many people into it as possible and then having a lot of people fall off of care. So uh, we give them a range. We do have obviously different options based on what we do. We try to make it very short and concise. We try to make our phone calls concise and not these long drawn out conversations, which they can be. And part of that we learned from the scheduling institute, the training. I, I bought the manuals and stuff like that. I didn't go through any type of program with them. Just learned a lot of that information about how to be concise and really have your front desk guide the conversation, not the patient or the prospective patient guiding the conversation. Okay. So that's my input on discussing fees over the phone. Number three was I actually asked this question about, is there a difference between marketing for in-network clinics versus out-of-network clinics? And the consensus definitely seemed to be that. 
my opinion on it is that yes, it is different. And it's something that if you're in network uh, with all the implants and the majority of the plans, it's going to obviously, there's a lower barrier of entry. You potentially have an easier time marketing to companies and corporations that have that insurance plan. You know, if all of them are on Blue Cross Blue Shield, it really will behoove you to do corporate talks and get in front of those people as much as possible and them use their insurance. Not to say you can't if you're at a network, uh, but if you are at a network, your numbers are going to probably be lower. Your per visit average of cost is going to be higher, which is good. I mean, you're going to have to really niche. You're going to have to um, do some marketing strategies that are going to be targeted to certain uh, demographics and certain types of patient populations within that niche. It's going to be harder to get people on fixed budgets or, or really needing to utilize their insurance. Uh, I do think you're going to, I think everybody should have a great patient experience. I really do. Um, but if you're at a network, you're probably going to have to make sure that your systems and your patient experience are really, really on point. But yeah, you're going to have to be a little more strategic on where your marketing dollars are spent versus the person that's in network because uh, they are the lowest barrier entry. So if you're doing all these marketing, almost anybody that's interested in calls your practice, if you're in network with their insurance, most likely they're going to schedule. Whereas when they call out of network or cash practices, their the cost may be a prohibitive, prohibitive thing. And so that's going to have to be addressed. And then with your marketing, you may have to do some repulsion marketing, right? Um, for me, I'm just going to use an example and you can apply this to anything. I'm in Boca Raton, Florida. It's uh, very uh, retirement heavy, very Medicare heavy, but it's also a very well-rounded affluent city. And we have a lot of athletes and active people and families and corporations in the area. We just, it's a, overall, it's just a great city. It's very well-rounded, but there is a high majority of retirees since we're in South Florida, or there's a lot of people that are snowbirds and they tend to have Medicare. And I knew if I was not careful, my reception area or my waiting room would look kind of, uh, just booked up with a lot of elderly patients and it would be very, very hard for me to run the type of practice that I want with more of a sports injury practice. And so I had to be careful with that. And I do certain things like active release technique and rehab and Graston and a lot of other different things that Medicare frankly does not pay for. They only cover spinal manipulation and you know that. With Medicare, there's things you have to do for sure, but we have a lot of our patients that are coming to us that are Medicare looking for the active release and the certain things like that. And I'm honest with them and we have them fill out the form that's there, the, uh, oh, what's the name of the form? <laughs> I'm drawing a blank, but we fill it out all the time and basically states that there's a charge for active release technique or for whatever we're doing that does not. And we have a charge for them. And it's, um, you know, it's a little bit higher than most Medicare patients want, but a fair amount of them do pay it. And so that is part of the process we have to making sure that I have the type of patient base and practice that I want. And our marketing is geared towards that as well. You know, we do a lot of marketing towards our niche and, and frankly, senior citizens and Medicare is not that niche, but you know, we have plenty of them as well. So that is an example. You can apply that to almost any population that maybe you don't want to have in your in your practice because it's not your sweet spot. You know, if uh, I had someone text me the other day, they they asked if I treated infants. I do not. And I just don't find myself being skilled enough in that patient population to do it. 
chiropractors do. It's fine. It's just not within my wheelhouse. So I turn those away. Right. So that's another example of that. But yes, I think overall marketing for at a network or cash-based practice is different than your in-network. A lot of things do translate to either side though. All right. Number four, negative reviews. Uh, this was a question or someone posted a negative review, what to do. I've got a couple thoughts on this. I think one, if it's a valid one, uh, I recommend reading, uh, listening to the podcast I did on episode 19. And that was called Hug Your Haters. And that is the book by Jay Bear about how to handle legitimate negative responses. And sometimes how you handle them actually can go a long way in in a positive direction. And some good customer service and response to that can really negate that negative review and even potentially turn that that unhappy person into someone that's not unhappy anymore. And that really can be a benefit to your practice. So uh, listen to that podcast if you haven't already, and that goes into that. I think if it's without merit or obviously looks like it's fake or trolling, do everything you can and contact Google to get that removed. I think it can be very tough to just leave that there and, and just try your best to, to remove it, but don't sweat it. And don't sweat the four and three stars. You know, a lot of times if you have like 50 or 60 reviews, it's almost good to be more at like a four, nine, four, eight than a five because people put more credence in that. It's like, yeah, it's legitimate. Like when I, I know, I think we can all attest to this. When I look at restaurants or just wherever I'm doing, I look at the Google reviews. If it's a four, eight, four, nine, it's like, oh, that's good. That's really good. And it, and it seems like it has a little more weight to it. So don't, don't you know? Really concern yourself too much about those types of, of reviews, but definitely check out that podcast. Hug your haters, and then if it's without merit, it's a troll and it's fake. Try to get Google to remove it and report it. All right. Lastly, number five, someone asked about what your biggest struggle in practice is currently, and I thought that was a good question and had a lot of good comments on it. I had actually posted on there, but my actual new biggest struggle right now has been personal injury. Uh, It's not a huge part of my practice. I'm in the state of Florida. It pays very well. We do it the right way. Uh, Most of them are referrals from patients, but um, I would like to have probably two to five new patients a month that are auto accidents. It just, it's just, frankly, it pays very well. I like getting them better because it's usually a tough situation. But again, most of ours are current patients that get in accidents or referrals from it. We have a couple relationships with the attorneys, but not a ton. But my my struggle with it, my frustration is that what's happening in Florida is everything is getting eaten up by these 401 pain and some of these big conglomerates that frankly aren't very ethical. And what happens is it's like an attorney referral service, but then they, they send them to their own doctors and it's like these personal injury mills. And these people are just not getting good care. And I would say after like the, I've had seven call the office in the last few months and I've had four times where they've either scheduled or come in once, but then they go and get, they call one of those attorney referrals. And then the attorney is sending them to these other clinics that they like because those other clinics, you know, kind of, aren't very ethical with the reporting and with the basically catastrophizing the the findings and everything. And they're just playing this big racket that happens in Florida and some other states as well. But Florida is just like the worst with it. And so we're finding a lot of, uh, and talking to a lot of different people, it's not just our practice. Like a lot of people are finding this to where they're getting eaten up by these big attorney referral groups and they're sending them to their 
kind of lower than optimal clinics, and that's the path they're going. And so that's been a struggle in our practice to where we're losing some of these patients to this type of kind of funnel. So that's uh, one of the the big struggles we're having in our practice, but it's okay. It's not a huge part of our practice. It's not it's definitely not the mainstay. If it was, if it was like our niche, I'd be concerned about it more so, uh, but it is just a, a current struggle we are having. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm going to do those occasionally where I take five posts in the group and give my two cents on it and try to use this as some educational fodder to get some information out there. I really appreciate your time this week. We'll have an interview coming up next week and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show with Dr. Kevin Christie. Tune in next week for another episode that will enhance your marketing, business, and practice growth. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Dr. Christie's Modern Desk Jockey podcast and share with your desk-sitting patients. In the Modern Desk Jockey, Dr. Christie provides health and wellness best practices from some of the leading experts in the corporate wellness industry. Remember, chiropractic practice isn't easy, but it shouldn't be overwhelming. Keep leveling up.